there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? I am. I am too. Thank goodness we're here. Say yes to spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And every week we have a theme. Today's theme is sin. (laughs) You say that with such feeling. Yes, sin. (laughs) Um, So we will talk about what is sin and what does that mean and the metaphysical interpretation of sin and... uh, who knows what else? But before we do that, we always connect with the previous show. And last week we talked about the four kingdoms of spiritual consciousness. Mm. How does that connect with sin? Yeah, I'm really interested in, in this conversation on sin because sin is so uh, externally on the outside of my thinking. I don't really think I think about sin. What I normally discover when we dive into these conversations that I think, oh, that doesn't really apply to me or that's something I've kind of gone beyond, then I figure out, oh, no, that really applies to me. And, oh, no, I'm really struggling with that still because you look at it on a deeper level. But in terms of sin in the four kingdoms, I would have to think that if, if, if there is such a thing as a traditional sin definition, that it would come up in terms of, the the first kingdom of I'm a victim. So many times I think people think, you know, I've sinned, so then I have to be punished, which is a very victim kind of state. And the idea that God would come from the outside in and punish me because I've sinned um, is a classic victim. You know, I can't do anything about this because I'm being punished, so I really can't go out and, you know, be happy and successful and joyful until I get through being punished for my sins. So um, so I, I really am interested to talk about sin. And I think that's a very victim state, and that's certainly when we talked about the four kingdoms. Those of you who didn't hear last week to talk about the four kingdoms, the first kingdom is uh, life is done to me, and then the second kingdom, life is done by me, and then the third kingdom... Life is done through me, and then uh, the fourth kingdom, I am life, something like that. Yeah, life is done as me. Life is done as me, very good. So um, that's a really cool concept. If you're not familiar with it, I really encourage you to listen to the archive because it can be pretty transformative to to learn about the different kingdoms that we can choose to live in. But I'm going to say sin exists only, if sin exists at all, it exists only in the first kingdom. Uh-huh. There's my uh-huh. metaphorical twist. Right? Uh-huh. Well, uh, that's mm-hmm. a good connected dot. Let's take a quick break, and then we will come back and talk about sin.
welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. I'm Tracy. And I'm Leslie all day today. And our topic, our theme for today's show is sin. So um, in the opener, you referred to, you know, if there is sin and what is the definition of sin. So uh, let's start with a definition or two of sin. So Webster's Dictionary says that sin is first an offense against religious or moral law. An offense, okay. An offense against religious or moral law. It's an action that is or is felt to be highly reprehensible. Okay. Felt to be or believed to be? That is or is felt to be. So I think, yeah, so that that allows for some, you know, different people or different paths Mm -hmm. may define different things as sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or even in the definition, it has uh, um, an example of it's a sin to waste food. So like in your family growing up, you know, a parent might say it's a sin to to waste food Mm -hmm. or to do a certain Mm -hmm. thing. Um, but the first definition is it's an offense against religious or moral law. And then the second main definition is a sin is a transgression of the law of God. Mm, okay. So um, so that's what the dictionary says. And um, a biblical definition of sin mm. Uh, there's a verse in John, 1 John 5.18, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. And Oh, wow. So, like, if you're born of God, you're not capable of sin? Or your sin is not sin? If Well, I think this is a direct connect, even though it's a quote from the Bible, to the metaphysical interpretation that there is no sin because if you are living your life guided and directed and protected by God, you are making the choices Mm -hmm. that are God-like in nature or that are honoring spirit, Mm -hmm. choosing God or not God, that you're always choosing God. And so there would be no such thing as because you're not doing anything that would be an offense to spiritual truth. So so that's one of the places in the Bible that sin comes up. And and as we go through the show, maybe we can share a few others. But the Mm -hmm. idea, the dictionary definition and the way it's usually talked about is that you sin, and as a human being, you will sin, you will make choices that are morally offensive mm-hmm. or offensive or against whatever your religion tells you or your moral guide tells you. So the idea that, you know, you're born of original sin, you're human and you will sin, mm-hmm. and the best you can do is be a sinner who asks for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's the traditional <laughs> right, 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 view right. from a in Christianity. That's the traditional mm-hmm. view. So, see, I, my mind always goes to what was what was the higher reason behind that? Why did why did man create that idea? Because I don't believe that that certainly would have been something God would have created. Do you know the Bible well enough to tell me if Jesus spoke of sin? Can no. we do magical, mystical Google on that? I would be interested in that. We can do magical, mystical <laughs> consult with Miss Google on How that. that. But, uh, no, I don't know well enough to quote with confidence. I have an idea, but I don't know well enough to go directly to uh, a verse or a response to that. However, I don't, you know, I think that the teaching around that, you took metaphysical Bible, and yes. so... You know, um, the the idea that, or the reminder that the Bible actually was written many centuries after Jesus walked the earth, walked, was, you know, alive. Right. And that in looking back and writing the stories of the Bible from, you know, what's been passed down generation by generation, the stories, the mm-hmm. oral tradition, mm-hmm. um, that a lot of what was done in writing the Bible was explaining, giving some kind of spiritual context. foundation or context is a great word mm-hmm. for why we have gotten to where we are or right. what happened to our ancestors or what happened, you know, before you and before your grandparents and that led to the what's going on now. So in some ways, you know, the the a lot of the story of Christianity is about salvation. We mm-hmm. need to be saved from these things that have happened mm-hmm. or from people who don't believe the way that we believe. And so in order to have salvation, you have to be in a situation that, where you need to be saved. And so, you know, so having sin, whether it w- would have been called something else, but having sin puts you in an individual life situation where you need to be saved. You need to be saved from your own tendency to sin, to go against the laws of God. See, it's interesting because... Um I took Bible in the Old Testament with Reverend Petra at the Center for Spiritual Living. And um, as you said, that certainly came out that it was written in terms of the stories to have a context for what's happening, as well as the idea that there's this general theme of that it was a story after story about people being at choice. And when when they made the choice to follow God, I didn't come away from that class with a whole understanding of sin. Isn't that interesting? I guess maybe the implication was when you didn't have the choice to, you didn't make the choice to follow God, then bad things happen and you were considered in a state of sin, maybe. But that's so interesting because I don't ever even remember that word coming up in that class. Well, no, I mean, but I think it's the same thing. That mm-hmm. choice of choose God or choose not God. Mm-hmm. And it, when sin is referred to, it's always referred to as the choice that was not God, the mm-hmm. choice that was not in alignment with with the highest spirit, 
and that when you make that choice, mm-hmm. that you are making, you are sinning, you are choosing not God. So would you even in a metaphysical belief or thought say that choosing not God is a state of sin? Would that be a word you would use, sin? In your no, in that line? context I wouldn't. But the quote from John, from the book of John, is mm. I think in direct alignment with how we talk about um, about life in new thought, that um, where did I lose it? We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. And in New Thought and in religious science, that's what we say, that you were born, you are born of God. So everyone. Everyone is born of right. God. And there is no such thing as sin because ah, your life, very good. you know, you are living your life and you are having a series of experiences. Right. Making choices along my way. You are making choices, and the choice you make, the choices you make are what create your experience of life. Right. Okay. And God's experience of life through you. And there is contrast. Right. There's consequences. And there are consequences. And um, and yeah, the the I would I would probably not use the word sin, but. In this context, I could understand using the word sin, mm-hmm. even in the mm-hmm. thought, but it would have a different meaning. It wouldn't have, you have sinned and now you are punished. Mm-hmm. It would be, you have chosen not God. You have sinned by the definition of what a sin is. Mm-hmm. And there are consequences to that, from which, you know, clearly you must have needed to make that choice so you could experience the consequences which would lead you to a new choice, Mm -hmm. a new thought, a new life. So in that scenario, sin would be productive. Yes, and I think in a Christian perspective that sin is considered productive. Number one, it's considered a given. You will sin, and that will lead you to salvation Uh because... The diff- the distinction is instead of consequences, the the it's often talked about is you will be punished for your sins, mm-hmm. and in that punishment you could that could lead you to salvation, that could lead you to being born again, mm-hmm. to seeking out the lessons of Jesus, to seeking out Christ, and so it, the. For me, just the distinction is in the um, emotional tenor, the emotional tone of it, uh-huh. because from the more traditional perspective, number one, sin is a bad, bad thing. Mm-hmm. Number two, you will be punished for it. It's a bad thing that apparently you are destined to have, correct? Exactly. Okay, go ahead. It is a part of who you are. It's a bad, bad thing that leads to punishment, ultimate punishment if you don't, if you don't, if you're not born again as a a result or after Mm -hmm. sin, then the ultimate punishment is hell. You know, you will be banished to hell for for duration. And so in a metaphysical point of view, it's like, whatever you're thinking and choosing is what shows up in your life. Mm-hmm. There are consequences to whatever you choose or think. 
You can have a happy life. You can experience sadness. You can experience. There's no punishment from any external right. entity, but there are consequences. Consequences. Hmm. Consequences to your choices. If you don't like what those consequences are, how those consequences are showing up in your life, you can set a new cause in action. You can choose a new thought, a new belief, and get a new result, which is the equivalent of being born again in Christianity. And then if you continue along that path, the the original path, and you are not happy with those, you're not banished to hell. I mean, you're living, because we believe heaven and hell is your life experience on earth. It's not something later. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the path is the same, but the emotion of it is so different. This is all, on the metaphysical side, it's you're at choice, which is what you said a little while ago. You're at choice, and you are in one of those, you know, kingdom two or kingdom three. On the more traditional orthodox kind of religious side or Christianity side, it's something being done to you that you have to struggle with. And if you don't struggle with it and choose something different, then you experience it forever and ever and ever in hell. And that feels heavier Mm -hmm. and scarier and outside of my control except for choosing to be born again. Mm-hmm. That born again thing when you were talking about it makes me think that's like a third kingdom idea if you look at it in terms of um, as you said it, it coincided with the metaphysical side of making the choice and then having the the um, feeling of you know being at one that comes in a metaphysical stance, from kind of in in out with our choices, we understand that that's coming from the inside out, and then that born again is like a Christian idea of getting God from the outside coming in to forgive me, to get me to a point of peace, versus understanding my choices make my peace. P-E-A-C-E. But it's interesting, the idea of how... Hell being where you get, you, you get the, and it's funny because when you said the word hell, I thought, I don't even think about that word either. So sin and hell are two words that are so outside of my thought, thinking pattern. So, but hell would be the, like you say, that's the eternal, if you don't beg for forgiveness or ask for something to be done outside in. It's just so funny to me. And, you know, or if you don't choose God, if you don't make the daily, minute-by-minute choice to do, to follow what the definition says is moral law, mm-hmm. moral or spiritual law, if you don't follow what that is, mm-hmm. that you will be punished and banished to hell mm-hmm. for eternity. Mm-hmm. And the way we talk about that from a metaphysical point of view is, yeah, if you don't choose God, if you are at a crossroads, which can happen in you know almost every minute of your day, mm-hmm. and you your choice is choose God or choose not God, and you choose not God, something that is not a spiritual law or you know in opposition to a spiritual law, then you are living in 
a kind of hell. No, because you are separated from the spirituality, yes. the mm-hmm. spiritual foundation of the way the world really works, the way the spiritual world works. So if we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and in our human experience, we make a choice that is a human choice versus a spiritual choice. We are out there alone in our humanness. <laughs> We're separating ourselves from <clears throat> that truth and that guidance that is the ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. And this is the truth for the minute, and we experience the consequences of that in this life, mm-hmm. in our day, in our life in a, this human body. And seems kind of um, the word to me makes me think that there is a right choice. Of course, I guess the right choice is to choose God. But in my interpretation of how to choose God, there's probably 50 different ways to choose God. And it's not like there's one particular way that I have to... I don't think God has a real investment in the particular method of which I go about my day. But when I think of the word sin, it seems like it's a... The eye of the needle, isn't there something about a very thin eye of the needle you have to be able to get through? It seems very treacherous that if I, you know, don't do the right thing, which I may or may not even be able to discern, I'm going to be, you know, batted about by this sin. So let's just take out the the reference to the scripture about threading the camel through the eye of the needle, because that's what... Is that... Is that, that yeah, let's, let's just not deal with that right now. That was kind of fun, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's not deal with that, because then we have to get into a whole another discussion about wealth and abundance and prosperity, because it's in that context. Ah. So, um, but, yeah, the guidance, I don't... Well, I, I don't think... The guidance about what is right or wrong, what mm-hmm. is God or not God, is is any more difficult or less difficult to discern on any any individual spiritual path. So, I mean, I know a fair amount about mm. Buddhism and Hinduism, and as well as Christianity and Islam, and a little bit not about Judaism as well. And, of course, then new thought. I know a lot about because I'm going to pass my practitioner exam on Monday. Congratulations <laughs> on so that. I'm I know a lot about that. Um, but um, the discerning, that discernment is what I hear you talking about. Like, how do you know what's mm-hmm. God versus mm-hmm. what's not God? And I think in, there are those big things that, you, you know, you know, murder, theft. I mean, you know... Mm. that those are not about love, not from love. But I agree. And there are lots of conversations where it's so easy, or lots of choices where it's so easy to choose not God versus choosing God or to think about it and not know which one to choose. So I'm laughing because um, Mm -hmm. last night we had a very, very brief conversation. And even before I said the words, I said, this is probably not something I should say. Mm. I knew I was choosing not God at that moment to Mm. make the comment about observing what was going on where we were at the time at this event. 
And I chose it anyway because the human in me needed to say it. Um, and so, I mean, that's a really tiny, it didn't really hurt anyone. Right. It's a tiny example, though, of choosing not God, right? Because it really didn't need to be said. I could have been forgiving. Mm. I could have chosen God. I could have said, I'm observing this situation. It doesn't involve me directly. I'm seeing it from my through my human eyes as not fair. And if I'm going to choose God, I'm going to forgive whatever has led up to this situation and know and affirm that it is all working for good. So with a traditional sin belief, would you be punished for that transgression? Transgression? Trans, whatever. Um, well, would there be punishment? Well, the punishment is not... The punishment, yes, the punishment is the consequence. So the punishment is, as you continue to do that, you are leading yourself to eternity in hell. You are you are going to be judged for that because that was something hateful or that was something that was uh, judgmental. And so I remember growing up, I remember when I was much, when I was a little pretty young child, I remember thinking, you know, more like um, if you had a list, you know, when you got to heaven and you had a list and there was a list of all the things you did and said that you just <laughs> wanted the list on the on the quote unquote good side to be longer ah. than the list of the quote unquote bad, bad. side okay. that, you know, you wanted the list to be good, a preponderance of good so that you would get into heaven. You would earn your way into heaven or you could earn your way into hell when the lists were compared and the, you know, the quote-unquote sin side was longer. And then when I got a little older, it was, yeah, and, you know, there are some sins that are so big that they, you know, have more weight than you could just do it one time and it would you know, send you to hell for eternity. Oh, no, 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 no. Can't you be forgiven? I mean, isn't that... Well, yes, unless you so were can, if reborn. You, if you do whatever... all your sins are forgiven. See, now, see, now, that's interesting to me, too. Because, actually, I would like to take that out of the traditional Christian faith and put that into metaphysics if we could, you know, just to have some sort of blanket, uh, what do they call it in the golf, do-over, you get a... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Well, I think uh, it's a certain name, but you get a do-over. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, you can do these horrible things. And in in new thought, in my thinking, you know, there's a there's some there is a consequence to that. I have to go through, you know, something to be able to understand that you know my thought, my behavior, my action created. Well, no, there is a there is a do-over. Is there a do-over? Yeah, there are a couple of them. So immediately, what comes to mind is um, there. There's nothing to be healed, only truth to be revealed. Right. So you could do all kinds of things, and then if you have that insight, yes, that so that's my and you make a new choice. See, but I have to make a new choice. I have to do something. See, what I'm understanding is that this forgiveness thing, or this you know absolution thing, or this thing comes from the outside. It's like poof. 
Well, no, you yeah. are. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and so you you have to to be reborn again. Mm-hmm. You you proclaim your faith mm-hmm. in God. You go to the front of the church and join the church, or you mm-hmm. go. You you have to do something. You have to proclaim that I am now born again in Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. I am now born again. I am now renewed. And so it's still this, it's exactly in my mind equivalent. You as the individual have to make a conscious choice, a conscious step into the kingdom of God from a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. to be reborn again, to be a reborn Christian. Uh-huh, okay. Um, to be a born-again Christian. And I so that, and to me, that equivalent is, in new thought, I realize there's really nothing to be healed, only the truth of God to be revealed. That, wow, I did this, but that was when I was blind to the truth of spirit, mm-hmm. and now I... I'm stepping into a commitment, a deep, deep commitment of living guided by spirit. So, at least in my mind, they're very similar. That was one, that was the first thing that came to mind when, mm. you, when you said that. The other just seems simpler to me somehow, and, you know, I'm always looking for the easiest way out. So yeah. Maybe I should realign my my horse. You're not ever looking for the easiest way out. You believe everything takes a lot of work effort, and that we must be accountable. That is, those two things you know, are I'm your. Something different. Look, can you bring up my bad past? That, that I, is no ba- good have, or bad. It is just my past. Who you have been up my until past, today? Up until today, I have discovered that Jesus Christ. Apparently, according to thinkexist.com, so I'm going to blame them if it's wrong, because only use the word sin in one sentence. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Right, which was not a definition of sin or what it is. Sin was a, yeah, it wasn't a, it was a word that was in use, and so he was saying, yes, every if you have never sinned, then you can stone this woman who you are mm-hmm. judging to have been bad. Because, see, I'm thinking of Jesus and looking at him as a master teacher and looking at him as someone who, whatever he said, I'm going to most likely... Well, Jesus did a lot of... and He didn't talk about what you shouldn't do. Right. He talked about what you should do. Right which would be choose God. Right. He wouldn't talk about what it looks like to choose, to choose not God, because which is really a good example for us. And in, in, in New Thought, a lot of our focus on focus on what you want, not what you don't want, you know, is, is grounded in that same thing. Mm-hmm. Because the more you talk about what you don't want, the more you attract it to you. Is saying, I'm not going to go to a protest of war. Right. I'll go to a peace rally. Right. right. Yes, yes. Yes, so but see, but I would, I, would I, I don't know that I would count you don't on trust ThinkExist. ThinkExist.com? I, I do trust ThinkExist.com for giving me quotes, but I don't think I would trust it to have... That be the only one? Right. 
I'm going to. That'll be your homework I'm for this week. I'm going to figure that out because I really do believe it. Well, there are a lot of sites we could go to that are either in concordance, that have concordances, or, um, you know, there are actually a number of sites that analyze the Bible and that highlight, you know, what did Jesus actually say Mm -hmm. in the Bible. So, yes, we could, or you can, since it's going to be your Mm -hmm. homework, Mm -hmm. you can do a couple of searches from a biblical perspective. To, to see what Jesus may have said or may not have said about sin. Because I just don't think he was big on his uh, agenda. No, I, he didn't. I don't, Jesus did not create the term sin, that it was a word used in theology and in religion and in the world. And so he would... Again, I don't think he would refer on do all these things and these are the things that we label as sin because that was what the church was prescribing. Ah. These things are bad. And remember, he was a Jew, and mm-hmm. and so the church had these things you do or not do. The Ten mm-hmm. Commandments didn't in, in Christianity didn't come from Jesus. Right. right, They came from the Moses story. And so Jesus was never about prescribing what you shouldn't do. Jesus mm-hmm. lived his life prescribing what you should do and it, and being the example. I think you're proving my point. I think my homework's going to be pretty easy. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that we do get caught up in the idea of sin. And I was um, with a group of people this morning, and we were talking about we are so smart. And we've gone through so many little workshops, therapy <laughs> workshops, spiritual workshops. We've dedicated our lives to the hunt, to the seeking, to the searching, to the answer, to the waking up, to the being better, to the doing, you know, trying. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, most of us are kind of broke and broken and unhappy and not things aren't going too well. <laughs> and the outside. And we're like, how does this happen? You know, wow, you know, where's this big payoff? Where's the rainbow? Where's the pot of whatever? You know, emotional gold, financial gold, spiritual gold, some kind of gold, some sort of pat on the head that says it's going to be okay. And um, and I'm bringing that up because I think there's a human tendency to, to be pull towards this idea of sin, this idea to look at the one thing that's not going right. The you know, the old adage if there's a hundred people in the room and two people are not smiling at me if I'm up talking, then I'm gonna be so focused on those two people that don't seem engaged and don't seem to be giving me the affirmation because the other ninety eight that really affirming and really engaging are, you know, useless because there's these two. And and so this tendency to just, you know, focus on this sin, focus on this muck, focus on this, you know, things aren't going well. Because in the exact same breath this morning that I was focusing on, there is just not a redeeming morsel to find in my life right now. I'm I'm not kidding. Within this very same breath, I thought, you know, it things could not be better. I could not be happier. I cannot be more at peace because it's just all good. It just doesn't, it's just all game. I shouldn't say that on the radio, but that's kind of what I think. 
it's just, you know, it's just no big deal. It's going to work out. I don't know how, but it's going to. So it's kind of this dichotomy, but, you know, I got 58 seconds of, oh, my goodness, this is just horrid. And then two seconds of, oh, this is such fun. This is going to be interesting. See what happens next. But I think, to bring it back to sin, I just think there's this pull to to make us feel downtrodden or, to, you know. Does that sound like a victim to make us feel? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, the, the, but that is the human. That is so much the human tendency yeah. to be in that first kingdom of spiritual consciousness. Yeah. That I'm not really conscious of my spiritual connection and my oneness with God, right. and that I am consumed yeah. by my life alone in separation mm-hmm. from this this power. This this consciousness, it's outside of me, and it's over there, and I'm over here, and it doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, okay, it created me and left me alone in the world. Isn't that Naked. called? Well, isn't that called like child abuse? <laughs> I'm a child of God, and God is is neglecting me. You know, um, and it, our human tendency is to go there, especially when things feel hard. Right, right, right. Well, we don't see the external um, ramifications. We, you know, we don't get that little uh, trinket. And if we're really in that quadrant, in that kingdom, then yes, then we think it must be our fault. And by golly, then that makes me mad. Yeah, I then, tried. Well, mad or hopeless <laughs> right. or in despair or right. afraid because mm-hmm. I brought I sinned. Mm-hmm. I brought this on myself, mm-hmm. or this is my punishment for what I did mm-hmm. or didn't do. Right. And so I'm locked into this again, as you said already, the separation between me and there's nothing I can do about it. You know, or I deserve this. Because this bad thing, whatever it is, or this bad feeling mm-hmm. as the punishment for mm-hmm. something else I did mm-hmm. or said. And it is curious, this this idea, in, you know, being a therapist in terms of watching people come and talk about, you know, things that they are so caught up in, um, it absolutely, we can just become the issue at hand. Yeah. And um, like I said this morning, you know, I had that 98 seconds, you know, 50, how many seconds are in a minute? 58 seconds <laughs> of the other and two seconds of the of the understanding, the wholeness. And I, I have gotten to a point through a lot of, you know, consistent saying yes to spirit and consistent daily practice that I rarely lose that two seconds. But I did go through an experience last weekend with something happening to one of my cats, which is my two-legged child. And I and I lost that two seconds for a period of time. And it was interesting to me to see that there is something, uh, a grace or a... Um, uh, an entity that, you know, kind of like the footsteps prayer, you know, it does kind of kick in and take over. And that feeling of um, 
desperation is can only can only you know kind of um, I'm not expressing this very well, but it 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 is if the desperation itself then becomes uh, sort of a gift to be able to then um, turn to a faith or a, or a spiritual presence to be able to see, then it becomes very black and white. I'm either all in desperation or I'm all in faith, whereas usually I'm a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So in a strange way, that desperate time caused me to have the pendulum be either I was completely desperate, going to go just do, end it all, or I was completely in faith that there's got to be something going on here that I don't understand. God's going to take care of all this. It's a higher, there's something. And so it was a very extreme 48 hours or 72 hours, whereas normally my experience of faith and sin, if we're going to use that word, is much more of a of a mixture. And so um, it was curious. It was that extreme experience, you know, brought out the extreme of faith and fear. Right. And I I think that in some ways there is a there is purpose in that again that the whole conversation which I don't think we have have we haven't done a show on contrast mm, and the role right. of contrast right. in our spiritual development and our spiritual growth um, that <clears throat> you know it does serve a purpose it's not well you know I'm working on this book that this is preparation not punishment. Or it's all preparation, not punishment. Oh, it's the name of a book. And um, I love that. And so it's like say that again slowly. This is preparation. It's preparation. It's preparation, not punishment. For all of those things that we tend to think about Mm -hmm. as this is punishment, or I'm working so hard on Mm -hmm. staying on my spiritual path, and my life's not changing, and. It's like, what did I do that was so bad that yeah. all of this is going wrong? Uh-huh. It's like, it is. Not, it may, you know, it may not be punishment. It may be consequences for things you have chosen, done, or believed in the past. Right. It may be consequences. Mm-hmm. It's not punishment. And, mm-hmm. and whatever it is, it is preparing you mm-hmm. for whatever is coming you know, where you're headed to, where you're going, what you're going to be doing a year from now, five years from now, or, you know, 20 years There's from purpose. now. There is preparation for who you are becoming. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and when you are able to make that shift, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, as you said, it has a purpose. But when you talk about that pendulum swing mm-hmm. of from pure desperation all the way to pure faith, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, sometimes you can't just be in the middle mm-hmm. as a human, the human experience. Right. And and I think it was kind of interesting because I do think it it, it almost was like the faith was, or the spiritual experience was, Ten times brighter. Oh my gosh! It was just like drugs or something, you know. And then the other was drugs as well, but the bad kind of drug, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if I have a devotion. You know, I could not again sin. I, I guess sin. Sin is just so outside my thinking these days. But um, 
But that's not really true because I did a, a, a little worksheet where I talked about um, awareness without action is hell. So yes. I guess hell, you know, connects with sin. But um, for me, when I think of sin, I guess in my devotions when I write them, it's more of being, as we have talked about here, outside of God or not connected to God. So this one is called, Don't this devotion is, Don't You Worry. Sweat rolled off of the stranger's forehead as he strained to get off the last lug nut. On my way to group meditation, I had a flat. This was at the end of a day that screamed, if, I can, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. I was ready to change the tire when an older man stopped and insisted on doing it for me. Any attempt for me to help him was met with, I have this covered, don't you worry. He must have said that to me five times. I have this covered, don't you worry. As I got in my car, I felt God's reassurance echoing through his words in my mind. I can go from faith to fear pretty quickly these days. I've heard the acronym for fear as forget everything and run. I may not be the one who may, uh, but that describes my day. Okay, Forget everything and run, that describes my day. In fear, I went off running, forgetting everything I knew, everything I believe, everything that is true. I have a hunch God does not fear, as God is the expression of the truth that dissipates all fear. When I am forgetting and running, I am leaving God, faith, and truth behind. If I stop and look around, I bet I will always see a stranger with sweat rolling off his forehead saying, I have got this covered, don't you worry. Yes. And it's just kind of an idea that, you know, if I'm in that state of fear, I could, I actually probably, if I think about my current way of thinking, I would say fear is sin. That that would be the worst possible thing that I could do, is be in a state of fear. Because that's an indication that I am way outside of God's. The knowing of the oneness, the knowing of the presence of the spiritual experience and everything being guided, pushed, contrived for my good. So fear to me would be the exact opposite of everything that I believe is true. So in that context, fear would be, my fear, my sin is fear. There you go. Now I feel better about sin. Thanks for hanging out for the hour so I could get there. Like I often say almost every week, you never, ever know where our conversation might lead. But what we do know is that it always leads to insights for us, and we hope for anyone who's listening. Does that fit for you in terms of, like, sin would be, I mean, fear would be a state of, as we've described, what the, maybe the intent of sin is versus how it's been batted about and become this hammer. Maybe the intent well, was. So I have two two reactions to that. The first reaction is I have to think more about this connection as fear equals sin because intellectually I immediately understand it, and then I start thinking of all the times that fear is useful for us in our because we are in a human body mm. so there are times when there is physical danger ah right and that then fear serves a positive purpose 
But if it's the emotional, psychological fear about my overall experience of life, then I would definitely say, yeah, we could probably equate that with sin. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, you know, um, walking down a, a dark street at night, you know, which I shouldn't be doing, but if I were doing, you know, and there were um, some, you know, and I'm alone, and there were three people coming from the other direction, and I could see that they were carrying bats or something, and, you know, that I'm going to have a reaction of fear. Mm -hmm. Right. Physical fear of my, for my physical safety in this moment. Fight or flight. Right. And, um, and then the other reaction that I had was about oh a, a sense of judgment about other people's understanding and interpretation of sin. So I guess maybe because growing up, I grew up Baptist, and I sin had a it was a scary thought, mm. but it really served a very positive purpose. It served the purpose of training me to choose God and not choose not God. Mm -hmm. And while I have different spiritual foundation, spiritual beliefs now about how that plays out in my life, it created a very good foundation for me. So. And and I have, as you know, and some of our listeners know, I have a sister who is an ordained minister in two different uh, faith traditions, and 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 so not just her, but there are lots of people who, in whatever their faith tradition is, see sin in the way that we've talked about it, and use that to a positive good. So. So that part of me that believes all paths lead to God mm -hmm. has very little judgment about the more traditional definition and understanding of sin. I can just strongly say that for me, that definition doesn't work in this metaphysical approach to spirituality. But I absolutely believe that for all the folks who really believe in hell as being an afterlife and God as an outside being, if it helps them live in a way mm -hmm. that is guided by love, then I'm all for it for them. Right. Judgment is just still way too much fun for me, though. So <laughs> I just really kind of think it's sometimes just too easy to throw that little funny judgment out there. What are you thinking? God's all loving. God's all forgiving. And then you have this other thing. So yes, yes, very good. But to support your um, insight about fear and sin, we we can go to a quote by Marvin Gaye. Oh, very good. Most, most fear stems from sin. To limit one's sin mm. must assuredly limit one's fears thereby bringing more peace to one's spirit. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because it's mm -hmm. certainly if I'm believing that my sin is going to cause me to be punished and I'm going to be in fear of, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. And how would saying yes to spirit get us out of a state of fear, out of a state of sin, 
I suppose one for saying yes to spirit, for doing some spiritual, uh, you know, having some spiritual awareness or daily spiritual practice, we wouldn't be in a state of sin. The, the two are kind of oil and water. Ooh, Gandhi. All sins are committed in secrecy. Mm. The moment we realize that God witnesses even our thoughts, we shall be free. And so, the even the idea when you talk about spiritual practice and, and mm-hmm. the, when we realize and and really get it that there is no separation and that there is no hiding mm-hmm. from. God, God knows everything we do, everything we say, everything we think. Now, and then if we add the metaphysical perspective, because God is that energy and that spirit that is not just outside of us, but also within us. Mm -hmm. So anything we think or do or say, God is aware of it. That's in the Bible. I know that's right. And so if God is aware of it, Mm -hmm. then and you are living, everything you do is a part of the experience of God experiencing life through you, then there can be no sin because there is no secret from God. There is no nothing you can do that is apart from God. Ah, and, it would be an illusion that I believe it's apart from God. Yes. And so the spiritual practice of simply... Choosing and choosing God of living your life in a way that's in alignment with God would be a way that you are affirming that. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of a whole other topic in terms of if everything I do is an expression of God. If I do something terrible, then you know that's God acting badly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a whole other yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so sin and then spiritual practice. Sin and spiritual practice. Sin and spiritual practice. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on that. Other than if I'm living a spiritual practice, I'm probably not going to be too connected to the separation, too involved in sin. Well, I mean, it's often what often comes up when we when we do focus on spiritual practice that our spiritual practice serves the purpose of keeping us in alignment with our spiritual values, beliefs, and beliefs. Right. And as we are in alignment with our spiritual values and beliefs, then we are choosing with less and less. Right. We are choosing to be, to live the experience that we want that is the spiritual life or the spiritually grounded life. And so we're when we are talking about sin, we're not talking about doing more of sin. We're talking about understanding it and reducing its influence, our existence in our life. And spiritual practice absolutely helps us do that. And my hunch is the more we get aligned with this, the the truth that you know everything is one, everything is love, everything is good, everything is God, 
the more that kind of becomes part of our experience, then the more naturally some of these concepts and some of these things that we can get stuck on and some of these little kind of, here comes another judgment he prepared, yeah. uh, petty uh, things that we, you know, spend lots of time and lots of money and lots of um, ways we we just waste away in, in, in picking people apart instead of building people up. The idea that the more in line we get with our spiritual practice, the less that kind of falls away. I think there's a Bible verse about the corn and the husk. I'm not certain. Perhaps I should read the Bible. But... um. I think that you know the, the the unnatural stuff just kind of falls away the more we get into the daily practice, the more we say yes to spirit. It feeds itself and it becomes it just becomes uh, uh, the con- the conduit is the, the speaking of the uh, you know kingdom three, but you know it just becomes more and more we become who we already are. Right. And I totally agree with that. And we notice when we are not in alignment. Mm-hmm. And we either notice it and stop ourselves, or we notice it after the fact and start become more aware of it for the future, or it's till it gets to the point where yes, it falls away, and we simply don't even do that anymore, mm-hmm. or even that anymore. Right, and that's really, I think, so much of a possibility for all of us, for me included. For everyone. Exactly. For everyone. So we are just about out of time, less than a minute remaining in today's show. And um, so that's all we have to say about sin. (laughs) We did it. Uh, We did it. We made it through show number 59. And uh, next week we will be talking about visioning. What is visioning? How does it differ from visualizing? And we'll even... Take about 15 minutes of the show and do an abbreviated visioning session. Fun, fun. So please join us for show number 60 next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time, or listen to it on the recording. And between now and then, please visit us at GodInMyDay.com or ReclaimJoy.com. Until then, we encourage you to... Say yes to spirit.